This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Blank Podcast, the podcast where we delve into those frustrating moments with some well-known people. Uh, and I am Jim Daly, not a well-known you person. You almost forgot who you were then. Uh, You're Jim Daly. I'm Jim Daly. And you are? Giles Bay Phillips. Correct. Thank well you. done. I, I one, knew straight away. One point to you. Thanks. You're winning this quiz. Um, how are you, mate? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pretty good. How's how your week you? been? Week's been good. Getting ready for... Christmas. Christmas. Are you feeling Christmassy? Yeah, I am actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the kids are getting excited. Yeah. Uh, which always happens, obviously, around this time of year. And they do lots of stuff at school and things. Yeah. So, and they've got school plays and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, they're getting and obviously the trees up now. Yeah. Uh, and the decorations and the presents are starting to be wrapped. So, yeah, definitely. Do you get excited? Are you a Christmassy person? I never used to be. Never used to be. But when I met my wife, she's very, very Christmassy. Yeah. And has kind of... Brought me round yeah. to it. And yeah, I am now, I think especially with having the children. Yeah. And this year, we're actually going to have Christmas just the four of us. Oh, okay. Um, we, we, normally, we normally sort of spend it with with um, with my wife's family and stuff. But yeah, yeah. we're just going to have the four of us this year. So it's going to be, be quite nice, actually. That'd be nice. Just have the four of us, yeah. yeah. Lovely. And we always put It's a Wonderful Life on when we're doing the oh, tree, yeah. you know, so a bit of Jimmy Stewart. Oh. And it's, it's, yeah, it's all good. Look, Fantastic, man. Yeah. Oh, I want to come. You, I want to have Christmas, aren't you? Well, you you're very welcome. Oh man, uh, my wife is also yeah very Christmassy and um, very much gets into the spirit of it. And uh, yeah, I love Christmas. It's a it, Christmas is, is like a tingly feeling to me, like a warm tingly feeling. And you've always felt I think like about that, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think I have. Um, I, th- I think I link it to family quite a lot. Uh, I know that Christmas means I'm going to see fam and stuff. Yeah. Like that, so. Well, actually. Uh, well, one of the I might as well be honest about this. The, one of the reasons why I didn't used to like Christmas was because my my mother passed away 
like on the 17th of December. So he was always, yeah. there was always marred with a sort of feeling of, you know, sadness and stuff yeah, around of that course, kind of yeah. memories. So the Christmas was, you know, I say, now I've got my own family, those those kind of things. Yeah, I always think about it in a positive way. It's more yeah. like nice memories. Yeah. But yeah, for many years it wasn't. So yeah, so I am excited about Christmas Day anyway. Yeah, so just good I'd stuff. And are you excited? Well, I'm very excited about this week's guest. As I'm well. extremely excited. We got the lovely Rebecca Callard. Oh, Rebecca's so lovely and uh, was very kind about having us around her house. Yep. yep. Which was very kind of her. Because we try and go wherever our guests are, if yeah. we can, yeah. to make it as feasible as possible and comfortable and, you know, for them. and relaxed and chilled and as that's possible. the great thing about podcasts yeah you, could, you can you go know, anywhere yeah, exactly yeah we've got our equipment we've got yeah. our backpack we'll just go wherever yeah. um yeah so rebecca of course you'll know from uh, the borrowers well her, and the detectorist and the detectorist one of my favorite yeah um bbc comedies is fantastic yeah. crooks comedy with yeah. uh, toby jones but yeah and rebecca's fantastic in that show yeah, fantastic. And anyway, so this is this is the podcast. Uh, we start off by talking about Rebecca's extensive DVD well, collection, VHS, <laughs> oh, VH, better than VHS. Uh, yeah, which is great to see that people are still holding yeah. on to their VHS. Absolutely, it will come around again, mate. At one point, it will come around. <laughs> it won't. It really won't. <laughs> it really won't. <laughs> <laughs> We started now because it's basically just me crunching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing worse than hearing someone eating, is there? I don't know. I mean, there's things that are worse than there that. are things <laughs> in the whole world things. Yeah. of all time. Yeah. Yeah. We say that though, don't we? We do say, "Oh, there's nothing worse than," and then normally the thing is not that bad. No, it's not. <laughs> but um, you can't say anything now, literally, anyway, no. can you? No. No. Not at all. You have got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Rebecca Callard, Hi. welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks. Or we should be saying thank you for coming to you because you're welcoming us. Hosting us. Yeah, yeah. you're in my yeah. um, enormous mansion. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually looking at all your... I've got masses of DVDs at home. And there I'm are some looking, bad ones there, actually. I've got loads of bad ones. But also I? look at my videos. Why, why have I still got videos? Have you, have you got oh, I didn't, you, no, I didn't look that far up. Have you actually got anything to play them discuss on? My, um, well, no. <laughs> discuss got, my collection. have got some good ones. I mean, Crow's Point Blank's great. <laughs> my own private Idaho. Listen, I quite, I'm quite... No, this, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't good. Because <laughs> I am, I'm like, hey, I'm such a filmy. And yeah. they are bad. They're bad. Uh, the dress is good. Why did you keep those specific pieces? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm just intrigued. I don't know. Why? Are, where are the others? They're in a box under the stairs that are not you my stairs. Mrs. Smith upstairs. Stairs. Um, yes, I think so. Oh, look. There's a Gary Oldman one there. That's good. Oh, yeah. You can't wrong Gary Oldman. Are you thinking it's going to be a bit like vinyl? That VHS <laughs> no, back? I'm not. I moved here 13 years ago. I put them up there. Never touched them since. <laughs> I might watch. Occasionally, I might bring down whatever. Have you what still got a VHS there? player then? No. Oh, do you mind just look at the box? I don't know why they're there. <laughs> I feel like nobody else has pointed them out in 13 years. So thank you for that. Oh, look, there's um, Twin Peaks there. there Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks, yeah. And Alan Partridge. And the, I've got, and the you know, accused. I had that Twin Peaks on VHS as well. Because I used to work in a video shop. Which one? It wasn't one of the main... It wasn't like Blockbuster. It was like an independent. Even cooler. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> it was one of my favourite jobs because it was really long shifts, 10-hour shifts. Whoa. But 
you could just watch movies. Mm. Oh, it had to be 15 or under. You couldn't watch any 18s. Yeah. But you just watch movies. All Why couldn't you watch 18s? Oh, because people well, coming just, in. Yeah, just because, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. boobies. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> uh, boobies and violence. Boobies, yeah, and boobies and other things. But um, we got... Yeah, so we got to watch all these movies. But when the... Sadly, the video shop closed down. Oh, no. What was it called? Well, it was called... Imaginatively titled Video Library. <laughs> That sounds like a bad sort of eighties band or some sort. Well, yeah. I I would <laughs> go and see them. Yeah. Definitely Video Electronica. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, um, which, yeah, it was really sad. It's so close down, but they sold off all the stock really cheap. Like so what did you get? What did you? So get? I remember Cumulant. buying Twin Peaks on DVD wow. on yep. uh, on video rather. Uh, Con Air. I remember buying Con, Con Air. Air. I think I've got Con Air in the hall somewhere. <laughs> what on VHS? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've just put You've my favourite one. Wonderful ones Life as well on VHS. Is that v- no? That's a DVD, isn't it? Oh no, it's, oh, it says it looks VHS. Looks too wide to be a DVD. Oh, man, there's yeah. there's some great DVDs up there, though. There are like State Troopers, <laughs> Super I've, Troopers. I've never seen that. Super Troopers. I think that is my boyfriend's. I think. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. I'll tell you which are mine. Kill List, obviously. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm not going to go through Sex and the City is not mine. That's all my it? boyfriends. See, my, um. <laughs> my wife's got all the Sex and Cities on DVD, but I think she 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 got them all, watched them, and that's yeah. it. She's never watched Sopranos. Them Sopranos. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Sopranos. I never watched that either. You didn't watch oh, Sopranos either. Yeah. What's the other either? What were we saying earlier? Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah. The problem is when you get too far behind, it feels like a real like. Mish. Ma- mish. I've never said mish before. Yeah. I said I like it earlier. It. Can you cut yeah. that out? Yeah. Did you? I said it earlier, yeah. How weird. Um, <laughs> it does, though. It feels like a big marathon to yeah. set aside weeks to... Yeah, because I, yeah. was... I always thought like, Mad Men I'd like to watch, and it's come on to Netflix. It's another one that I've and not... I think... Oh, I don't really watch TV. I don't really... You've got to watch, watch that, that, actually. You've got to watch that. Mad Men. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. I should really. But is it, how many seasons is it? It must be like... A hundred. Yeah. hundred seasons. Something feels like it. Um... And I think, yeah, I should watch. I think I did start watching the first few. It is great. What The ones I watched were really Yeah, good. it is great. It's quite different to everything else yeah, as well. The is, pace yeah. is quite... Um, yeah, I, I think it probably pays off. I'm only on like season three or four, I think. Oh, okay. But I've started doing this thing now because the world is so... Have this in your face. This is yeah, the best thing you've ever... Totally, yeah. Best thing ever. Worst thing ever. Mm. There's Everything's in sort of huge extremes. Yeah. And I've started doing this thing now where which I would never have done... VHS days <laughs> is I watch a series and then I'll watch another series halfway through that series so I've got yeah. all these one, one series on the go. going yeah. on which I think is a bad way to do it yeah, yeah. I think you're because right. I think my concentration is not as I mean I've got quite bad concentration anyway yeah I had that recently actually because there was loads of good BBC ones kind of like Killing Eve came on and then Bodyguard and then there was um, and I've been watching No Offence on Channel 4 and, and just trying to keep up with them all um, I forget what I'm watching. Yeah. I turn the TV. I'm yeah, like, Miranda, what, sort of what are we watching one. at the moment? What yeah, am I exactly. halfway through? Sort of lose track of it. Mm. I've just done both series of Ozark. Oh, see, that's supposed to be excellent. that is. I think that's up there. Really? I would. I made a claim the other day, but only because I'm in this generation that says everything is the best thing ever. <laughs> that is better than Breaking Bad. Really? Wow. Because yeah. I have heard it's on. It's it's got similar themes. Yeah, very similar. Um, but yeah, it's a bit uh, like going in series three of Breaking Bad. Okay. Wow. I, I saw something on Twitter the other day, which obviously like the best place to get all opinion. <laughs> yeah. That um, Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Bad. Better Call Saul, right? Oh, yeah, I think it's mm. good. It I good. haven't done the last series of that, 
Because I don't finish. <laughs> well, <laughs> I yeah. don't finish. I, I watched start the something first else. two seasons out and I haven't gone back. Right. And I think there must be some reason why I haven't gone back. Mm, maybe. there's loads of other stuff to watch. It's very good acting, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I watch different shows for different things. Like Ozark for me is top acting and also has women over 40, quite a few women yeah, over yeah. 40 playing mm-hmm. leads. Mm-hmm. And one of the women I'd never even heard of before, which is always nice to see yeah. somebody. Yeah. I'm sure she's been working for years and done loads yeah, of stuff, but exactly. I, yeah. I've i never seen her in anything before. So do you enjoy... Because you know, like, when, you, when you're in an art form... Yeah, yeah. Do you enjoy watching that art form? Like, or do you? Or is that, is that sometimes I I read books that I think, oh, this is I could have written this. Like analysing it. Yeah, and thinking, yeah, feeling a little bit jealous. <laughs> I used to do that when I was younger, but now I'm older. I'm not asked anymore. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like when I was probably in my teens and my twenties, I would constantly feel like, oh, I could do that really well. Why didn't I go up for that job? It's it's all about me and I should be in this. Now I'm older, I can actually appreciate something and think this is probably better because I'm not in it. Yeah. But also, what I didn't seem to grasp when I was younger is that there are many roles for many people mm. and, you know, it's not just about you. So now I sort of watch things and, and actually en- enjoy watching other people. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm not comparing myself as much as I used to. I don't know whether that's just an age thing or since I've had my kids, I was less bothered about acting full stop, I think, once I'd had my boys. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy it. And I still, I'm I'm really into horror films. Mm-hmm. I have been since I was a little girl. I had um, had two Terrapins when I was 13 called Freddy and Kruger. And I had... Um, <laughs> A life-size Freddy Krueger cut out in my bedroom. A life-size one? Yeah. What? Which I'm, I think I must have got from my video, local video, mm. video library. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> video, li- video library. And my mum used to put it all over the house. It was like a game that we'd, we'd try and scare each other. And she'd sort of... Oh, we lived great. in this one house in Pudsey in Leeds. And we had... Um, it was like a terrace. And there was a... a at the bottom of the steps, there was a, a wooden door. And so you would open the wooden door onto the stairs. It was almost like that was sort of its set own separate room. And she, I remember once she put it at the top and that got me. <laughs> that did, did, did you get her? I used to, well, I used to get my mum all the time because my mum's really frightened of spiders. Mm. And so I used to put the tops of tomatoes in her, you know, just the, oh, the little yeah, stalky yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. that's in a her, genius idea. I'm going to do that with my kids. That's great. Yeah, yeah I'm going to put them in their bed. She got really cross with me once because she really, really was very, very upset and traumatized. <laughs> Maybe I won't do that. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't actually. So I'm obsessed with horror films. Maybe not obsessed with horror films, but I'm really into horror films, and um, and I can't separate. I cannot separate that they're not real, even though I was a child actor and I started acting when I was eight. And I've been doing it my whole life. I cannot separate that it's, you know, the reality. To to me, they're real. I went to see Hereditary recently and I Mm. was so scared. And I'm still quite scared. I still, if I get up and go for a wee in the middle of the night, I'm still convincing myself as I'm walking there that I'm going to see the mother. The the dead mother. No spoilers. Have you seen it? No. No. Why have you seen it? I've not seen anything, it turns out. Yeah, well, Jim, has, Jim doesn't watch, Jim doesn't do anything. Um, <laughs> I just stare at the wall, I just sit in my living room and just stare at the wall. Um, do you know, I would say I like some horror films. I'm more picky with horror than than other genres, I think, I have to say. I don't know why. Hmm. That's really interesting, though, about you, you 
you can't differentiate between the realism of why do you think that is is it the only horror movies yeah i think it is because actually me and my fellow went to see mandy which is a new nicholas cage film oh, yeah, 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 um that. on sunday and he found that really difficult and i had to say to him it's not real it's not real mm. it was really gory and he found the goriness of it i that does nothing to me at all because i i don't know why i know it's not real but things like the occult and ghosts mm. and demons <laughs> just really get me. No, no, no. Uh, I think we might need to leave. <laughs> um, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so if it's gory, I'm, it doesn't Yeah, yeah, me. so it's more the suspense stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or it's it's like, it's almost like because, I guess because I'm a bit of an insomniac, I'm sort of living on the edge anyway yeah, of yeah. what's reality and not. Because I'm like, did I really do that? Or did I just think I did that because I didn't sleep last night? So I just, I just, I think there are things that frighten us individually, yeah, of course, yeah, aren't yeah, there? Yeah, and yeah. those are the things that really frighten me, the ghosty ones. Yeah. So like The Conjuring is a big... Oh, yeah. That was, t- to me, that was utterly terrifying. I didn't sleep for weeks. But I know I, it's going to happen. And I went to see the first screening of Hereditary at 11.30 at Stratomodian. Mm-hmm. The first screening on the first day it was out on the Thursday... And I went purposely in the morning because I thought that'll give me all day <laughs> to get over myself. Yeah. And still three weeks later. But do you on some level like the being scared by it? Yeah, so I like the enjoy adrenaline, the yeah. adrenaline, yeah. The adrenaline, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm yeah. trying to get it somewhere. Yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> now that I'm 43. <laughs> but I was just thinking as an insomniac, as, as a fellow in, so, insomniac. Insomnia like, club, hashtag yeah, insomnia yeah, club. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, 4 a.m. club on uh, Twitter, normally I'm on it. Uh, let's, you not fi- let's inspect our insomnia. What insomnia have you got? Okay, so my insomnia is normally uh, difficult getting to sleep. Once asleep, probably only sleep for two or three hours before waking up. So normally three, four a.m. in the morning. And then do you have a? Do you catch up by having a lion? Because I do speak to people my. that go, "I'm an insomniac," and they're like, "I'm awake all night," and then I just sleep until twelve, no, and I'm no. like, "That's that's not really yeah, yeah, an yeah. that's that's just sleeping different." Patterns, patterns isn't yeah. it? No, no, because not that I'm judging. Kids, you know, kids get up. At, yeah, I mean, Sunny, my littlest, gets up at six. So, yeah, you know, we're ready to go. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, so I would say yeah, maybe I'd be lucky if I get five hours a night. Probably. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's and not... some most days I can cope with it, but some days. Yeah, I think if I've had a, I have said this before, um, if I've had like a bad run of it then I get to the end of my tether. But then I will sort of mercifully get one night. It's almost like my, my brain and my body can't yeah. take any more. And then that will just yeah, rejuvenate me. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same, actually. In fact, last night I didn't sleep very well. I woke up at three. Um, do you get? Do you sleep less when you know you've got more to do the next day? Or is it anything um, like that? Possibly. I knew I had a lot on today. I had an early start. I had to get yeah. a train at half a six. So I knew that it was an early start. So yeah. I guess maybe, yeah, that, that, that kicks in sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you, how long have you had insomnia? Um, well, because I did a podcast before and I talked about my insomnia before, which I've never done really, sort of talked to publicly about it. Yeah. Um, I thought I'd got it really badly when I was pregnant with Sunny, but then I sort of discovered that I, and remembered and through talking and stuff that I was a bad sleeper when I was a kid so I would get up I would get up very very early for years and years and years I'd be up at four or five and stuff but and um would find it very difficult to go to sleep and would sort of close my eyes and see images and stuff and then and I was a real worrier as well so my mum would have to sort of almost like um 
sort of I don't know talk talk me to sleep yeah because I if something had happened that was completely innocuous yeah in the day I would be still worrying about because you're quite yeah. an anxious child yeah I think yeah. so yeah so maybe maybe but, it's always been there but yeah. definitely worse when I got pregnant with with my first sonny as well let's let's, yeah, all, yeah, let's yeah. be really original yeah, yeah. here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've got so much in common yeah I feel so left out insomnia and sonny what, what have you been I don't have insomnia I don't watch tv <laughs> I haven't got have any children got I'll just leave. <laughs> you sleep really well as well. Yeah. Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, bastard. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah. I, that's the yeah. thing I'm most jealous of. As I'm well, my older. wife, she's she can literally turn over. She's asleep yeah. instantly. Yeah. I, she has to be in the right environment, like you know, our own bed or whatever. But she will sleep, and she will sleep for twelve, twelve hours. Not that long. Eight hours, 12? easy. Wow. Eight hours, Eight easy. Hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and but and she'll go to bed, you know, quite early as well, and she just is able to sleep. And it is, yeah, I'm like a sleeping widow, you know, like she can sleep so easy, literally turn over and be asleep. We've been on camping trips before. There was a time where she, uh, I couldn't sleep, and um, she sort of, she obviously I was must have been like rustling around or something. She turned over and she said, "Oh, can you not sleep?" I was like, "No," and she's like, oh, "Stroke your hair." And she, I'm going to demonstrate on you. You can gym. if you want, mate, it's fine. Yeah. She we're, went like we're that. We're friends now. And then. Yeah. <laughs> and just, yeah. It was on my face. She won't mind me saying this. And she was asleep instantly. Wow. And, I've, and I just lay there on my back, <laughs> this hair hand on, <laughs> on my face. And I'm like, oh, let's just prize it off. Thanks. But, you know, it's, it's not fair. It's not fair. No. Um, so obviously, this podcast is called Blank. It's about blank moments. Um, have you, has your insomnia ever sort of boiled over into affecting your work in any... Oh! <laughs> Siri is not happy with what you just said. Siri is trying to get involved in the podcast. Has your insomnia ever affected work in any way? Um, do you know, I... I I'm having a blank moment. Uh, <laughs> That's all right, it's a perfect podcast. Yeah, yeah. I don't... Um, I don't really think it has because I'm so used to it. Yeah. So, um, this this is good. This is going to be really engaging, isn't it? <laughs> no, is okay. is the answer. No, it hasn't. Yeah. Um, as I say, I mean, I find it harder to learn lines because I'm quite tired. And mm-hmm. um, no, I don't think specifically it has. I mean, I've had to do like, I'll have done voiceovers and stuff and maybe sort of got into my head that because I didn't sleep the, the yeah. night before that I could possibly mess up. Yeah. But I think think as I say I'm so used to having li- a, a small amount of sleep that yeah. I also think that that ad- the sort of adrenaline gets me through and I remember I did say this recently actually um there's an actress called Emma Lowndes who has an insomnia as well and she said to me um I had something I, I think I was I was filming something and I hadn't slept and we were chatting about it and she said to me that she had done some things during insomnia like had to go on stage and done two shows and she'd got through them and that that she brings herself back to that remembering that she has done stuff so much stuff Mm. well without having any sleep and that's the important thing is to face that so you know if I'm having a day where I've not slept I I just sort of repeat that to myself and remember that I've done it before and I can do it again and weirdly I think sometimes like I'm sure sometimes I might have been a given a better performance because I've almost been completely on the edge of, you know, sort of 
I don't know, going well, into... Well, it's funny because we were talking, to, we've talked to a comedian before on the pod um, who said that his his manager or something said, you're really, you're really good when you're in a good place, but actually you're loads better when you're not in such a good place. Mm. Yeah. Um, when you're, when you're on the edge a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, yeah, I guess that maybe that, that transfers to what you do as well. Yeah. That you're, yeah, maybe the maybe the, the natural instincts kick in, and you're well, it's like a heightened sense of yeah. awareness. Kind I of don't thing. remember if I'm acting and I'm do, do, in, during a scene. So I did uh, some filming recently, and I had quite a lot of dialogue, and I didn't really sleep the night before. In fact, the other actress that was working with me, she she has insomnia as well. That's always nice to find that you've got an ally, yeah, yeah, yeah. because it is um, you do find yourself sort of feeling quite isolated by it, and. Um, and I was sort of worrying because I had a lot of lines that I might mess up. But but as soon as I'm sort of in the middle of a take, I forget. Mm. And then it's only afterwards, I think. But I do think it does affect it does affect my memory. Um, so I really, really, I always really learn lines for things. I can't be, I've got friends who learn lines the night before. I cannot do that mm. because I would wake up the next morning and I would not know my lines. So I have to have, I'll often sort of say I need a few days because often... Especially now, when you go in for an audition, you have to learn your lines from the the day before for the next yeah. morning. And you know, by the time I've got my kids to bed and helped Sonny with his homework and stuff like that, you know, it's sort of nearly well half nine, mm-hmm. and then you have to learn lines. And then also, I don't know about you, but I'm knackered at like nine o'clock, ten yeah, o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's good for me to get in a couple of hours before then Absolutely. I'm up I'm through the night. I'm often starting to fall asleep around that time on the yeah, sofa. Yeah, even where, like eight thirty yeah. or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. So for me, learning lines after my kids have gone to bed is a, is quite a hard time to to get started. So I do sort of need a few days in advance. I just can't. I mean, I used to be able to look at a page of dialogue and just know it. Mm. Um, and yeah, my my sons have got amazing memories like that. But yeah, I would need. I I just need to work harder mm. because of it. Um, yeah. And that's you. Well, that's managing the way you work, isn't it? Yeah. That's knowing. Yeah. You don't have much sleep and managing around it. Yeah. Rather than almost using it as an excuse for things going wrong. Yeah. It's actually managing it. Absolutely. Making it work for you. Yeah. And I think maybe it makes me appear more neurotic. So, for example, um, I was doing this filming recently and I asked the director if I could have the script a lot earlier, I think, than other people had. And I think mm. he was like, oh, God. <laughs> you know, sort of demanding or whatever. But it's just so that I can do a, a good job of yeah. it. Yeah. I would think that would be a good thing to be like if you were like, like you're really on it, wouldn't it? Yeah, like you're preparing in yeah. well in advance for something. Yeah. I did a voiceover a, a couple of months ago where I had a lot of pages of um, dialogue and, um, not dialogue, um, you know, just uh, text. Yeah. And I think it was four or five pages and I hadn't slept at all the night before and I was just like, I just don't think you know sometimes like the, the words move and things like that and mm. you just get you get really into your head don't you and you can totally, convince yeah. yourself of anything but I just you ju- I just have to talk myself down and go you can do it it's absolutely fine you've done it before like Emma said and, and you'll do it again and I think I, I give myself quite a hard time in that if I make one mistake I write it off as a failure mm. I'm mm. like that about everything in yeah, my life you know, if I do a show uh, uh, I could play and you know if I fluff a line or mess it up for me that entire show is is terrible yeah and it was the worst acting I've ever done I can't um I can't just sort of um let things go I'm quite a... or give yourself the, the no, wins exactly oh, we, I had that literally this morning in our show so I work on a show at Yahoo a football show and I'm one of the in-house comedians and we do a couple of minutes of jokes during the show and we did our bits and they were fine there was a bit of back and forth of the um 
with the presenters and we did a joke about Thierry Henry um, having a sort of half jacket, half um, tracksuit bottom. And we said something like, oh, he'll be player manager then. And the presenter went, well, he'd be ready to strip off. And for some reason in my head, I thought it'd be funny to say something. So I went, well, we won't. And like the whole audience went quiet. It was a terrible joke. It wasn't even a joke. And I was like, <laughs> why have I done that? And then someone made a joke out of it and we all laughed about it. And now all I can think about is that moment. Oh, no. And the rest of it was fine. Absolutely fine. Yeah. But and after the show, that. no one remembered it. I, yeah, I kept referencing not. it. I kept referencing that moment because I was embarrassed by it. And no one, they were like, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I, I, I mean, you, you get neurotic about it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I, I did that in like conversations with people. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And then going over it like two weeks later. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And if somebody hasn't replied to my text, I'm like, it's because I said that thing. Yeah, yeah. Four months ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so paranoid. And then they eventually text back. (laughs) Yeah. You know, oh, sorry, I've been really busy. And you're like, it's fine. I haven't been dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Sat in the corner of the room just rocking. (laughs) Yeah, it is... um, It is difficult to do Maybe that... I wonder if that's because we are creative people with that bit more sensitive about stuff. that extra bit of sensitivity maybe that's part of part of our side i think my i think my partner's like that though as well and he's not i mean he's creative but he's not in a creative field i think it's just whether you're like that or yeah yeah perhaps it's just a it's a human nature thing but it is like i said earlier it's important to kind of when you recognize that you can manage it and you can work with it and we said on this pod many times giving yourself the little wins when things do go well yeah really really important for your confidence and yeah And your mental state of mind as well, but it's very hard to do that sometimes. It is, it is yeah, yeah, it is. It's like if you if I get, um, I mean, I don't get many nasty comments on Twitter. A lot of my friends do, but they they'll be quite um, a, a harmless thing. That's it's not even really offensive, but I will really, I I will really really focus on it. And yet, you could say something so nice about me mm. that I wouldn't mm. focus on that. I mean, I know it's that thing. Everyone always says that, oh, you know, you only believe the horrible things. But mm. but what I'm saying is they can be really not that mean, actually. But I'm still really upset by yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And the really, really nice stuff. Somebody said, um, when, when I was in Detectorists, uh, there, I got so many lovely tweets from people. And Detectorists... Good, because you're uh, so good. <laughs> they're such nice fa- They're the best mm. fans. They're so sweet yeah, so and well lovely loved that. and kind. You can just see that from the outside. Yeah, though, and so, they're yeah. good, good people. And um, there's this lovely guy I speak to called Duncan and he's he's made all these little models and he's made this little model of me and just lovely, lovely comments. Nobody would ever say anything mean about Detectorists. And then this one guy said that my acting was stiff and I was just like, I just wrote the whole series off. I was like, terrible in it. I was absolutely terrible in it. I was stiff. Oh, yeah. My boyfriend was like, why are you letting somebody judge you? Like I was yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. And now I've sort of like, I was terrible in Detectorists. Yeah, yeah, we do it. We will do it. I do. I've had bad reviews and you, you just focus on them. You know, you could have... <clears throat> you might have hundreds of amazing mm. comments or like you say reviews and then that one and it digs at you mm. yeah you keep scratching it as well you keep going over it and scratching it yeah you're right and keep going back and reading it yeah it's like Hoping a scab it you're picking at yeah, or, yeah just sort of taunting yourself with yeah. it as, as, as well it's sort of one of my rules not to say negative things actually because even if I don't like for example if I was watching a program and I thought one of the actors in it wasn't good or I didn't like the way it was shot I wouldn't I would say the things that I like about it I yeah, wouldn't sure, say yeah. because if that person sees it even if they see it through someone else or yeah. they're searching up their name or whatever I just 
I just wouldn't want to hurt them. Like no, that. not yeah. at all. No, and I, I'm, I'm the same. I've been trying to be really super positive on social media. I've always tried to be, but yeah, it, you know. But also, what benefit does putting that negative energy exactly. and that comment out in the What's world? The, it literally exactly. does nothing. It's pointless. It's pointless. As well. I mean, that's yeah. why I don't understand, like, the whole, you know, the whole trolling thing and everything. Because I can't imagine putting the energy into being horrible. No. You know. No, you're right. Um, so going back to blank moments yes have you ever had any blank moments during performances where I don't know lines disappeared or anything like that and how have you dealt with with things like that yeah I did um, I did a series called The Ground which was written written by Russell T Davis when I was about I think I was about 22 or something and I had this um, had this really big speech in series 2 and I had to stand on a table and address a load of um, extras and it was around about the period where I was quite Confident, I would say, <laughs> with myself. Um, you know, I didn't think into things too much. Didn't really have to learn my lines that much um, because I just knew them. Um, you know what you like when you're 22. Um, and um, I had this speech coming up, and I, I'd learnt it quite early because it was big. And as it was coming up, I was sort of more and more nervous about it, and I got into my head about it, and I got up. So I had to get up and, and address all these actors and supporting artists and um and I just couldn't I couldn't remember it it was really really awful mm. they were very very nice they I don't know why I couldn't because I knew it inside out it was nothing to do with that, that I hadn't put the work in yeah. um but it was really awful sort of being faced with all these people staring at you as well and they, they were only acting and responding to me yeah. but you could see they were like I really want to look away so that you don't feel like yeah. all the focus is on you but yeah. um, but the, I think the more the more it went on the less I knew it so every time I said it it was almost like by the end I, I didn't even know the first word yeah um, and then they just sort of helped me and we pieced it together and they edited around me yeah. it hasn't it hasn't happened massively. I mean, a couple of times. I was going to say, after the next jobs after that was yeah. Was it you were thinking? Oh, yeah, shit, absolutely. I've always thought. I've always thought it actually. Mm. I do worry about that, and um, and I don't know. Did you? I, I have spoken about my stage fright before. So um, when I got stage fright, I I was almost sort of making myself have those blank moments. Um, that's another job. I knew my lines inside out. I've been doing it for a while. And then just suddenly, sort of overnight, I was like, oh, I don't, do I know my lines in mm. this? Yes, you know your lines. And then I would get on stage and we were sold out and we'd had great reviews and um, it was a hit show and everybody seemed to really love it. And I was playing a part that was um, that was quite a jolly part. She was the sort of comedy sidekick. And um, which was the irony of that was so huge because I had all this in, internal struggle going on. Yeah. Um, but... Um, but yeah, I did think for a while that... Um, so there were moments on stage where I sort of convinced myself I didn't know my lines and then I would blank, but I would get it back right at the last... You sort of claw Yeah, it I mean, I did mess my lines up a couple of times, but not massively that you'd notice. Yeah. I think Rebecca that I was acting with might have noticed, but yeah, um, but, um, yeah I wasn't sure that I would ever go back on stage. Really? Yeah. After that? Mm. Wow. But then I did. Um, well, I had, I had both my children... So I had Sonny first and then I had George. And so there was sort of a couple of years. And then and then I was asked to do a job and I was a bit nervous about it, but I didn't have very many lines. And I thought maybe that would be a good way to sort of build my way yeah. back up into it. And um, it hasn't returned. 
<laughs> in those, but in those moments, like it all snowballs, doesn't it? Because yeah. it's one little seed of doubt, and then yeah. suddenly it all snowballs, and you can't yeah. think of anything. And yet, yeah. you can do that. You can do it. You're good at what you do. You can do it. Yeah. But those little seeds of doubt start taking over all the logical yeah. thoughts in your brain. I've done it in an audition as well. Actually, I um, I had an audition for a job that I really wanted, and I really it was a monologue. I tend to sort of be a bit worse with monologues. I'm sure everyone's the same, but you know, it's almost like my brain knows that it's got this whole huge thing to do and I tend to be worse for auditions nerves wise actually much much worse yeah if I've got the job I'm not so it's almost like I know that I know that the value of the audition is is you know paying for my mortgage to feed my children and therefore I've put so much on it that a lot more at stake yeah exactly Um, and I had an audition for um, this job and my character had a really long monologue and I'd got it a couple of nights before so absolutely no excuse um and I and I learnt it inside out, and I remember doing it in the toilets in Pret at King's Cross, and um, and I'd said to my boys as well actually because I talked to my boys about stuff, and I'd said oh, I'm quite nervous about this. And I did it in Pret in the toilets, and I knew it then. And then I got there, and I did it once, um, got through it once, and in my brain I was like, I've done it, I've absolutely done it. Yeah. And then he said, Okay, can you do it again? And can this time? Can you sort of? I mean. Don't give me a note as well as remembering it. Like, yeah. How am I gonna? I'm basically yeah. saying it like this and trying to get to the end of it. So he gave me this very good note, and um, and I started, and I was like, I'm really sorry, I can't remember it, and that just got worse. And for yeah. me, that by the end of it, I mean, he was he was like, do you want to just hold your lines? And by the end of it, I was holding my lines, and my paper was shaking. No. This poor guy, you could see, he was like, I feel so sorry yeah. for her. Yeah. yeah. And I walked out, and I was like, bye. I haven't and, got the job. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait to hear from you. <laughs> Please don't tell my agent. <laughs> um, obviously, I didn't get it. Um, yeah. And I remember telling my boys about it. We went to see Peter Pan that night at Regent's Park Air Theatre. And I, I was just sort of sat there telling them about it. And they were like, it doesn't matter. It's fine. It's one audition. You'll get another job. And But I was like, oh, no, but this is my job. And I yeah. should be able to do it. And why have I let myself down? And why have I let you? I mean, I didn't say that to them. No, so that's a bit, bit pressure for <laughs> yeah. however old he was at the time. But, um, yeah, I, I felt as well during the blank moment as it was happening, I knew I wasn't going to be able to get it back. Yeah. I was like, this is done. It's not going to get better from here. You had that one take. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Tom Cruise or something. Don't make me do one yeah. more. It's more frustrating those moments because you know you can do it. Yeah. It's not like you're mm. going to something where you're like, well, I'm not very good at this. I'm going to give it my best shot. It's like, yeah. I am good at this. Yeah. I know I can do it. So those black moments are even more frustrating. So like, yeah. well, it's like an out-of-body experience. Why can- I can see myself. Why am I not doing this? And the funny it. thing is, you just assume that nobody else is going through that. So when I talked about my stage fright in the in a podcast that I did before, I just thought everyone would be like, oh, we're never going to employ her. She's really flaky. She doesn't work very hard. You know, she forgets her lines. And the amount of people that got in touch with me and said, this has happened to me. Thank you. I don't feel isolated anymore. Yeah. And it's the, it was the same with that and auditions is that you think that all your all your friends, all your peers, everyone that you admire, they're going into the auditions. They are not dropping a single word. Yeah. You're the only one. And, and you do isolate yourself with yeah. your own thoughts. Mm. And so when you sort of talk about it, which is, you know, a couple of years ago, if you'd asked me, I'd have pretended that everything was great and I was just winning at life. <laughs> but now I think it's really important. Yeah. To to sort of speak out yeah. about 
you know how your bad feelings towards yourself and stuff like that and yeah. um well we found that a lot on the podcast so far haven't we that you know that's everyone's feeling a bit like that yeah, anyway I think. absolutely but it becomes like a support group you know we're only human yeah we're all human we all have these same failings in some way failings is, is, is maybe the wrong word but these things that affect us yeah no matter what career we do be it you know writing or acting yeah. or comedy or whatever yeah we're all humans. We're linked by... It's getting really deep, isn't it? We're, we're linked by so many things. We're all so more alike than we realise. Yeah. And, and moments like this prove it as well. And mm. I think you're right. When you know that other people are going through it, then it, it makes you be able to deal with it better. Yeah. And not be so hard on yourself. Just yeah. just think, actually, you know, it's it's not exclusive to me yeah. being terrible at everything. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's hard not to be hard on yourself, isn't yeah, it? it is. Yeah, it is. It is. And also, I feel like my job is quite privileged, so I should, I, I, I'm hard on myself for that as well. I think, you know, it's an amazing job. You're really privileged. You get to pick your kids up from school a lot of the time, and so therefore, you have to be the best that you can be because you've been given these great things. Mm. And, um, I mean, I, you know, I'm sort of feeling like that a bit with my writing now because I've started writing and it's all going quite well so far people seem to sort of my words seem to resonate with people but I'm still in the back of my head like any minute now Mm. this horrendous thing's going to happen well I was going to ask you about your writing what is that something you've always wanted to do or is have you sort of is that a more recent thing uh no I so I wrote uh, most of a novel about three quarters of a novel a couple of uh well no no let me see before I had my kids so like 15 years ago it was really bad it was it was when it was kind of like um you know, when Chicklet sort of became yeah, really yeah. popular, I thought I'd tap into that. <laughs> um, but I didn't finish that. And then um, I did write um, a series with my friend, um, Kelly Bright, who's an actor in EastEnders. And we, she's a child actor and I'm a child actor. And we thought we would write a show about ageing child actors. Um, because we were both, she wasn't in EastEnders at the time. We were both sort of we'd have this great work and then we'd have no work at all and then we'd have loads of work and then no work at all and the jobs that we did and Kelly particularly actually did a lot of different jobs Mm. in between Um, and so we thought we'd write this show and we filmed a bit of a pilot like a teaser thing Um, but then we lost confidence in it and we just didn't do anything with it and then we we outlined another series together I think she hadn't had her kids then and I'd had Sonny and George um, and we were trying to do that write something about sort of women of our age one with children one without children the differences between their lifestyles and then just again just lost confidence in in whether anyone would be interested and then I was in a Bruntwood play and I really wanted to enter the Bruntwood and then I just thought I'm just going to finish a draft and just going to get it in then they'll tell me I'll get some script notes I'll tell me you know they'll tell me where I'm going wrong and hopefully I'll get some feedback and then um, it sort of did really well and I won a prize and some money and through the announcement then um, sort of people came forward and asked to read my stuff and then um, and now my the play has been optioned for a screenplay which is hopefully being made in January which is I mean I can't even imagine that's <laughs> going to happen and then um, I started uh, I met up with this company um, called Hillbilly Films and uh, I've been going in to see them and talking about ideas and stuff and uh, I've written a first episode of something with them. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So this, do you think this is the, obviously you're still going to do some acting, but do you think this is maybe the path you're going to tread a bit more 
the writing yeah i think so i mean i haven't since you're growing in confidence with it yeah i I think so (laughs) as much as i can um i do really like it uh I, i really feel like i've got a lot of stories to tell um i uh one one of the characters I'm writing about actually I've got early menopause and um, one of the characters I, w- I wanted to write about that and mm. um, I, I want to write about other women that aren't represented so much on television mm. um, you know different different types you know we're not all all in our 40s we're not all mums I've got a lot of friends who don't have kids mm. whether it's because they chose not to or because life decided that yeah. they weren't going to have them or whatever and I think I'd like to write about things like that so I feel like I've got a lot to say until I run out of saying things um do you feel like a writer now though no I don't I went no. to I went to a do last night as a writer it was my first thing that I've been invited to as a writer and I felt well first of all I was the only one with a badge that, a, well I didn't have a badge and so they had to mock me up a badge so I was the only one without a proper badge and I was like this is uh. a sign <laughs> <laughs> so it's written in byro yeah, like, yeah. you could have this written said anything on sign. it yeah. <laughs> everyone else had them you know coloured and yeah, printed out oh, and mine I've had was that before. yeah and I was like okay you're being told not to do this but I mean I've written nine I've had nine books published but I still don't feel like a writer is it that fraud police thing yeah a little bit I guess Everybody I speak to that is a proper writer. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of a writer too because I have. No, you are. You're definitely made, a writer. But um, they all say that. Mm. I was speaking to a really nice lady last night, a writer, and she said, "Oh, I I feel like that, and I've been writing for years." Yeah. I wonder what that is, because you wouldn't necessarily say you're not an actress. No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Even if I've not you worked know. for a few yeah. months, I wouldn't say that. So why? Oh, I don't know why it is about writing particularly. That does seem to be a thing that happens a lot. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it seems like such a dream job. Mm. I've always wanted to do it. I've always thought it was, you know. I know I'm not saying it's it's completely easy and it's always going to be easy, but I've I, for me, it's such a dream that I'm almost like, oh well, if I'm doing something that I'd really like to mm. do, because I really like acting, but I was a child actor, so I don't really know whether I ever chose it. Because I was already doing it when I was an adult. Mm. So it's not like I had that decision because, you know, I was eight. Just went along with it. Yeah, I just (laughs) did it. Fun and stuff. Whereas, and also because I'm completely uneducated, because I did really badly at school, because I always, did you as well? Me too, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I feel like, you know, when I've had my stints when I've not acted, I've not had any skills to be able to do anything. So this feels like, oh, you can do something else apart from act. Mm. And, you know, I mean, I've obviously chosen something else that is as precarious as acting. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, likewise. I mean, yeah, I didn't do very at school. I failed most of my GCSEs and then didn't do A-levels or anything like that. Um, And fell into doing writing. But after I'd wanted to be in a band for like 10 years. You still are in a band. I am still in a band, What's your band called? Burnt House is a little plug for the podcast. Burnt House. He didn't ask me that earlier, honestly. Ask me what my band's got. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you do that. Tell them what they've got coming um, There's some stuff on Spotify. What did you say they were called? Burnt House. Burnt House. Mm. Mm. What was the band from earlier that we said? Video Library. Video Library. Video yeah. Library. They can support you. I'll see if the guys <laughs> will change the name. They might. Burnt House sounds could be a horror as well, couldn't it? Could oh, definitely. In fact, I'm going to write a horror book. <laughs> Burnt House. Yeah. Yeah. It's all going to be set in a video library. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be very popular. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know what I was saying now, but yeah, so I was always trying to do, you know, make it those sort of things because I didn't have any academic kind of background. So I thought I'd just do something, but do the things I like doing. Do you think, Rebecca, you'd have always gravitated towards something creative, be it acting or writing or something like that? Yeah. If you hadn't been acting from such a young age? Well, possibly because I didn't, I, you know, I didn't work very hard. Is my dog doing something to you? No, he's right? cool. No, no, he's good man of the... Sofa. He's, he's just... not chewing any of your equipment, is no. he? No, he's lying on my foot. <laughs> and that's nice, not a euphemism. <laughs> Sorry, that was such... He is, look, is that a wire or? No, it's not. It's something under the sofa. He's found something under there. It's a VHS copy of The Rock. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I'm not very good at hard work. So I couldn't, you know, revising for my exams, I just didn't do any of that. Mm. I think that's a, a lot of the reason why I failed. And I'm just, I'm not a very hard worker, I don't think. But that's not true, though, because you would have, you would have been hardworking in acting. Yeah, I suppose. But it's still hard that's work. Not, but is you're... that hard work? Is acting hard work? I think it is. I think really? it is. Yeah. I think... Well, I'm not an actor, so. <laughs> but I think, I mean, you I know. I feel like the you're crew actor, work actor, hard. Jim. They get there at, you know, four. But you're talking about sort of traditional hard work and stuff yeah you know acting is still hard work yeah. in a different realm yeah i suppose and i think motionally and stuff as well as well as physically it's quite yeah. hard work no it is hard work mm. it is i'm trying to be uh i'm trying to sound humble yeah. <laughs> you're doing a very good job and faking and we're trying to make you sound not humble um but yeah no but yeah it is it can be demanding yeah yeah i mean hey listen my mom is in the soap opera and yeah. Uh, my um, my best friend Kelly, she's in a soap opera, and that is hard work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they work so hard. Mm. Uh, you know, it's all you you're on set all day. You're doing consecutive storylines. You're probably doing about five episodes at the same time. Wow. Then you've got lines to learn for the next day, and we're not talking about like two scenes, loads of scenes. Probably lots of rewrites as well. Yeah, yeah. and um, I remember like Kelly when she was doing Strictly, and she had a baby, you know, young toddler. And and she was doing EastEnders and playing a lead in it as well because when I think I think it's you know you do get your cool off period where you're sort of just serving pints and stuff like that or you know selling selling dresses in the market but um, you know if you've got a big storyline you're just in the whole time and that yeah. re- that really is hard mm. work and also that that imagine having insomnia and having to learn well, all those scenes for the say, next day like, yeah that would be impossible to yeah. work like that wouldn't it they do work yeah they do work really really hard. And I, I don't think I could do it. I really don't think I'm... I just don't think I'm sort of um, built for it, actually. Mm. Yeah. Have you had any jobs that were really demanding, that really were long hours or really took it out of you? Um, I think... Well, oh, gosh. Not for a very, very long time. I mean, I do try and... Um, I do try and work all day bef- here before I get the boys... Um, but it's at home, so it doesn't feel like work yeah. at home, does yeah. it? Do you know what I mean? It just yeah. doesn't feel like that. Um, but I, you know, I've done when I was in the boroughs and I was doing Romeo and Juliet at the same time. So I was, um, yeah, sort of up at five um, on set all day long and then playing Juliet at night. But I was 17, 18, so I could have done more energy anything. Then, <laughs> yeah, I, d- I don't think I could do that now. Mm. A TV series and then yeah a show at night um, but uh, yeah I mean I don't think I think having two children under two was probably the hardest thing yeah 
yeah that was yeah, that was pretty, pretty full hardcore, on yeah 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 that that is even having a two so two under two yeah so um yeah. Tw- uh, 22 months yeah that is quite and hardcore. a baby yeah but i think actually what was harder for me was the um because i got really bad pregnancy insomnia mm. so um so I was really, my insomnia was awful when I was pregnant with George and I had a, a little one. Wow. So yeah, so when Sonny was like 18 months old and I was pregnant with George and yeah. I wasn't sleeping, I was staying up all night and seeing the sunrise and and, ha- and then having to, you know, look after a yeah, little one yeah, all day. Yeah, that, that's hard. That's, that's probably like, the hardest When they're into everything, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's, it is really demanding. Yeah, and, and just, you know, keeping patient and yeah, yeah. losing your shit <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And so, from time to time. yeah so i think that's probably the hardest i've ever worked but that's not work is it but um that's sort of been the hardest sort of physically who is it now private number oh. it's a private, private number, number. <laughs> yeah. sorry my thank you that's all right really you've doing this right. doing this on purpose make yourself look yeah, dead yeah, popular, it's just more right? stuff for jim to cut out <laughs> <laughs> leave it all in mate <laughs> oh man um so we normally end the podcast rebecca by asking people for sort of their or our guests for their advice to anyone listening for sort of blank moments and that's quite a wide range of things it could be black moments in work or black moments in life or anything would you have any advice for anyone listening and we think we're going to hopefully have listeners from all walks of life and all careers and industries and stuff but you got any sort of advice for anyone that might be listening to this hoping to cure their own blank moments I think what we've been saying, the most important thing is to just give yourself a break about stuff yeah. and, and to not go over it. She says living the opposite of that. <laughs> but if you can do that, you know, you will have blank moments, you will have dark moments and you will sometimes not be able to do the thing that you want to do. And it's really, really important mm-hmm. to just let it go. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> Here I am being really, smash really, my really phone. profound. <laughs> I'm so really sorry. giving you everything I've got. So sorry. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, We're such a pro. Uh, no, it's, nat- it's good. Mean. It's natural. It's, it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that just you know let let it go. Um, that is hard, though, isn't it? It really yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, preparation is is good. I think preparation is important. But if you've prepared and you've still had a blank moment, then just, you know what, it really doesn't matter. We're not mm. here long enough. Yeah. The brief existence of life and all of that. Off goes your phone. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just try and just try and be kind to yourself. It's really important to do that. But um, it's so difficult. Are you good at doing that? Sort of giving yourself a break? No. <laughs> that is difficult isn't it we're so like we judge yeah. ourselves so much more than other people I yeah I mean I try to be more um, more like that since you know I hear myself talking to my sons about that kind of thing yeah um, you know because I've got a, my son's about to be a teenager and you know he he's an amazing footballer my eldest really really good player He's just moved from defence into centre mid because he's quite small like me. And, um, and you know, boys are like six foot two now at the back. So he's moved forward. And, and if he makes any mistakes at all, particularly actually when he was in defence because it really sort of was mm. quite noticeable. Yeah. Um, he is so... He, he will say to me after a match, which is exactly what we were saying, I played really badly. And I'm like, no, you, you 
lost one ball or yeah but then you got it back yeah. yeah but I lost it you know and it's it's when I'm sort of trying to educate him about being kinder to himself <laughs> yeah, I'm like oh yeah. hold on Ooh, a minute someone else could take <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but I can really and I really sort of see how unimportant it is when I'm looking at him so to try and apply that to myself yeah yeah maybe I'm better at it now I've got other people to sort of try and enlighten yeah I'm the same when I play football I mean really? exactly the same I play football and within first five minutes if I haven't touched the ball or given it or I've given it away too many times I'm like well I'm playing crap today really that's it. the whole day's a write off and I just oh, sort of no. mooch around the pitch yeah what position do you play right mid or up front okay. slash bench that's when you don't touch the ball a team uh, in Bucks called Chesham Athletic they're a very nice bunch of guys I moved out there a couple of years ago so I thought I'd join a football team to like get to know people they're incredibly nice bunch of guys. Really rare, actually, in the whole team. There's not like not one arsehole. Like they're all really nice guys. Well, that's the same with my. my there's normally at least one in the team that's like a bit of an idiot, but not in this team. They're all really nice. Yeah. But I'm the same, and like we don't practice what we preach because I would, no. I say to all my my mates or anything or my wife stuff like that. You, 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 the, the little things don't matter. Don't concentrate on them. You know, give yourself the win. But I never do that. No. I let it get to me, especially yeah. in football. I'm so hard on myself. Yeah, I think my other son's not so much like that. So I do think it, obviously, well, well done, Rebecca, for figuring that out. I do think it is individual. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's harder to see it, somebody else doing it to themselves as well, isn't it, actually? Yeah. It's and the much... way you talk to yourself is you would never talk to anyone else. No. Like but why are we so kind of yeah. do that to ourselves and we're so harsh to ourselves? Yeah. But the great thing is, is that people are talking about um, mental health yeah. and mm. and what they're struggling with now. It's really, you know, there are downsides, obviously, to social media, but uh, and and maybe they contribute to some of that. But um, you know, there's people are so. There's a lot more dialogue. You know, yeah, noticed, you know, in recent months, especially particularly on Twitter, there's you know yeah. there are there yeah. are people out there actually just really expressing themselves, which is great. Yeah, and it's good. It's good, you know, it's obviously it's good for women, but it's good for men as well too mm. because, you know, I've met so many, so many men in my life have felt like they, you know, over the years and have felt like they're not, it's it's not strong to mm. yeah. discuss it and it, it really, it really is. Mm. Um, my mum often says that it's the curse of a strong, um, you know, because uh, my mum's uh, suffered with depression and, mm. and, and anxiety. I would say I'm more of an anxious person, mm-hmm. actually, than um, than depressive. But um, yeah, so it's it's been around in our family, and you know we've been sort of been dealing with it. And and I I do my I, like my mum is one of the strongest people I know, and I think living with it getting through every day with it is so strong yeah mm. and being successful being yeah. successful at what you do yeah despite having that is yeah. incredibly strong i think it's stronger than than anything yeah and being able to talk about it yeah because when you're suffering with it and you know how hard it is to yeah. even get those words out of your mouth yeah and the fear of being judged because as you say you are your harshest judge so you assume that others are thinking that mm. and so even if you do get like a tiny sort of comment on social media that's why you sort of you know hook into that because mm. you're like oh well I knew it I knew that exactly. I was a piece of shit yeah. I knew it exactly 
It's like confirming those yeah. those things. But actually, that comment from that person on social media doesn't matter because it's, no. it's from a nobody. Yeah. The people that love you are the yeah. people that are supporting yeah. you. Yeah, your friends you, would never speak to you like never. that. Of course not. And no. you would never speak to them like that. Yeah. I mean, I've got the most amazing set of friends. We are all so almost sort of like up each other's asses with love, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, we're yeah. so <laughs> loving to each that. other. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the debut title from um, Video Library, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're up each other's asses <laughs> with love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be number one. Oh man! And it's good though. It's good to build each other up. Of course, Absolutely, like all oh, my yeah. friends, like you're so beautiful, you're so amazing. I see my friend in a show. I'm like, you're the greatest actor of all time. Yeah. And of course, we're human. Yeah. yeah, we need that. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm all about. I'm all about. That's why we're friends, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like that though as well. I don't. I'm not just saying it. I do feel. No, like I yes. do as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've made a conscious effort in the last couple of years to be super positive about because I want. It's nice to be nice. Yeah, it you is. know it is. You know it is nice to me. Um, but that's also who you are. Well, yeah, but you know it's good to. Exp- I think it's good to yeah. show that. I you totally know, agree. It, and if you're on a public forum, then why not be? Yeah, yeah. You know, put it out there. I agree. Well, Rebecca Callard. Thank you so much for joining us on the, yeah. oh, the Blank Podcast. Thank yeah, yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for having us in your lovely house. Oh, thanks, <laughs> oh, and thanks Teddy as well. For yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that was Rebecca Callard then. What a great pod. Fantastic pod. Yeah. I was able to talk about insomnia with someone. Yes. Because I think there are a lot... You know, I actually have met a lot of people that suffer from insomnia recently, actually, and it's nice to have some sort of comrades. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, talk about your experiences of it. Yeah, and everyone... Uh, deals with insomnia differently and probably suffers in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So that was really fascinating hearing about that and her, and obviously about her career. Yeah. Being a child actor as well. Yeah. And, and, and actually always knowing acting. And, and not really knowing anything else. Yeah. And just that being the thing you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually really being thrown into this world and like just having to deal with it. Yeah. Absolutely. And dealing really yeah. well with it. Yeah. You know? And then obviously her, now her, her move into writing, which yeah. has become, you know, and, and feeling that which you know we talk about in the pod a little bit um or we certainly allude to it about feeling like you're you're not that thing you're not a writer you're, that, f- that you're, fraud, fraud that police fraud police thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which we can all deal with yeah absolutely yeah and I, I totally was on board with all that stuff and yeah which is it's refreshing to hear it from someone that you know and respect so much is having those same feelings yeah absolutely you yeah. someone who's obviously had some some huge success exactly. very early on in her writing career yeah. as well so that's yeah, exactly. really cool and um no it was really great and and rebecca's just a lovely human being so it's really and cool. her family as well you know yeah, we met the family yeah. and they were absolutely lovely yeah and, and we just... got to meet teddy yeah teddy lov- yeah he was lovely sort of sniffing around and he was great he's a dog by the way yeah we should put that caveat in. he's a dog <laughs> so it was a wonderful afternoon thank you so much yeah. Rebecca for having us around and, and chatting to us and, and being so honest as well we really yeah. appreciate it um, we're so lucky with this pod man we're, we're, we're just have some yeah, great chats every, with some great every people every week it's just been fantastic and yeah I've just I'm just loving doing this and I just want to carry on well we are going to carry on and if you've got anyone in particular you want to here on the pod in the future you can contact us and let us know um, we're on Facebook Instagram and Twitter and the handle is the exact same one it is at blank pod 
You need a little black no, moment no, there. No, 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 no. You're just no, doing no. it. Professional. Just, yeah, professional. Yeah. Um, and we're also <laughs> we've also got an email address if you want to send us something lengthier, which is hello at theblankpodcast.com. Oh, your delivery is very good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, please subscribe wherever you're getting this podcast. Subscribe so that they uh, drop into your folder. If this is the first time you've heard us, then welcome to the podcast. Yes, We've got previous back, episodes yeah. to go and listen to. Um, and also, please rate us if you're listening on iTunes. I don't know if you can rate us elsewhere. I don't know if other platforms have rating uh, or not. I don't think... Well, Spotify doesn't. No. But, yeah, if you can rate if us, you can, please we'd do. Like, or you can leave comments on CastBox, things like that, so yeah. we'd love to hear your comments. Yeah, absolutely. Any comments, be yeah. them you know, positive or, or, or more um, yeah, critical, we, that's fine. If you hated the podcast, we're happy to hear from you about that as well. See if there's things we can improve. Exactly. Yeah. We talk, we, we, which we've talked about in these pods, about turning those what could be negative messages into a positive yeah, and learning from yeah. it. So... We're all about the positivity on Bank Pod. Exactly. Good stuff. Well, thank you very much for listening. We're back with you next week with another celebrity on the Blank Pod. So excited about next week's pod. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. You're definitely going to want to tune in. Uh, So we'll see you next week. University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.